Welcome back to the Global Digital Banker. My name is Adele Grissoff and this is RFI Group's Inside Back podcast focused on key trends, thought leadership and best practice within the fast-growing and dynamic world of digital banking. The episode this week focuses on the rise of biometrics usage within banking. We examine the benefits to customer experience, personal authentication for fraud control, and how organizations are educating their customers to drive awareness and uptake. Our guests include Chris Barwick, Head of Digital and Innovation at ING Australia, and Cyril Sharon, General Manager, North and Latin America at RFI Group. Chloe James, Group Media Director at RFI Group, caught up with Chris Barwick from ING to discuss how they're using biometrics to strengthen their existing customer identity and verification operations, the recent expansions to their biometrics offering for customers, and who they look to for inspiration within digital innovation. So here we are with Christopher Barwick, who's the Head of Digital for ING Direct over in Australia. Chris, thanks for being part of the podcast. No worries. So obviously this podcast is all about biometrics and something that ING Direct is doing a lot of work in at the moment. Just kicking off, obviously, your proposition in this area, how exactly are you using biometrics to really strengthen that customer verification identity? Yeah, we've, um, we've already released, uh, released a fingerprint identification, which uses the uh, native iOS capabilities. Before Christmas, we released Siri Balance, which uh, I guess uses voice to authenticate, provide balance. And uh, we're adjusting to Face ID now, but more broadly, we're building a platform that will allow us to use things like facial recognition, voice and eye recognition, uh, which will be quite significant. Hugely significant and exciting times indeed for ING Direct here. We know that biometrics really do improve speed, efficiency and accuracy when it comes to banking. These are obviously three things that you're really happy to be offering your customers. And I guess that would help internally within the bank as well. Yeah. So I think... The, the main driver of biometrics is largely around convenience and security and it's interesting because traditionally to enhance security it's often come at the expense of uh, customer experience but um, given things like biometrics uh, require you to be you, it allows you to enhance the security model quite significantly and actually uh, enhance the overall experience. Would you say that's the greatest benefit to the bank, introducing biometrics? Absolutely. Well, I mean, the greatest benefit is that it significantly enhances the security model, which means it protects people's identities. Mm. Do you think that your customers, obviously this is so important to them for their security and identity, do you think they have a really clear understanding of biometrics and a trust in it, or is it still a bit of an education piece? Uh, It's still a very big education piece, I think. When you have providers like Apple, for example, releasing biometrics, that helps with people's understanding. And I think with ING, what we've always had is a customer base that is probably more eager to try and experiment with these things. So when we release them, there's always a quite significant take-up initially, which is quite good. Mm. But with any sort of tech, there's always an adoption curve. Yeah, absolutely. Your education piece, what else are you doing? It's great, obviously, that the likes of Apple and other, other sort of types of companies out there are making people more comfortable with these kinds of things. What exactly are you doing as a bank to really educate your customers that you know everything will be safe? Is it sort of in your communications or yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, I think uh, the way we communicate is to say this enhances the security model that's already in place across all banks. And I mean, I think in banking, you know, your number one responsibility is, is protection of customers. So... It's not a responsibility that we take lightly. So when there are tools like biometrics that allow you to take a pretty big leapfrog, a big step forward in, in security authentication, then 
now. That's a huge benefit that we're very happy and eager to communicate with customers. Mm, and something to be proud of. Yeah, it's good. Absolutely. Behavioural biometrics and liveness detection really is on the rise when it comes to identity verification because, as we know, they're very difficult to defraud. What other trends are you seeing across Australia when it comes to fraud and, and how you're really putting measures in place to protect people even further. Yeah, I think, well, as a bank, as I said, uh, take anything we do with customers' data and privacy pretty significantly. And ultimately, we're in the business of protecting people like that. So uh, what we do is we make sure that we have teams across here and internationally that stay abreast of what's happening in spaces like this, particularly biometrics, which means that we can, as a company, identify where we should be playing and how we should approach it. Mm. The biggest challenges that you see, just in general, when it comes to security yeah. and fraud... Yeah. In this biometric space, what, what do you think are the biggest challenges for banks to really overcome? Yeah. Do you think it is the trust piece? I, I don't think it's so much a, a complication for banking because banking has always been on the forefront of this sort of stuff. But I think more broadly, uh, there is an issue around digital identity customers and people protecting it, mm. particularly when people use passwords across different types of businesses, uh, that can be a bit risky. Mm. So if you introduce things like liveness or biometrics, it is a much more enhanced model because it relies on you as an individual. Yeah. Uh, it's very hard to replicate somebody's well, it's hard, it's, voice. Yeah, I was going to say, it's hard to replicate. And yeah. I think if we think about all the... I was having a chat with somebody the other day about this, actually, about remembering all your passwords and how... Actually, in Australia, there was a bit of research that came out the other week about how you know people not using yeah. password protection in the best way possible. But this yeah. is great, isn't Absolutely. it? I mean, it's your fingerprint. Absolutely. You can't sort of get rid of that or you're right. Exactly. And as you progress along the continuum of biometrics, there's things like liveness, which can allow for continuous authentication in a session. So mm. if we notice that somebody's doing something or behaving in a way that's dissimilar to how they traditionally do something, then that can send a flag. Mm. Yeah, and the alert goes up. That As a customer, I would be happy to, yeah. with, with that exactly. attention there. ING Direct and ING as a bank just across the world is known for great digital innovation. Who do you look for around the world as great examples of innovation, whether that's in financial services or elsewhere? Yeah, I think there's a company called, uh, well, particularly in the biometric space, uh, Aetna, which is an insurer and healthcare provider in the US. They're done or looking into some very interesting applications around biometrics. Something uh, something they're doing is around password elimination, which means the idea of uh, logging into your secure asset or your secure site won't require one identifier or password and rely entirely on biometrics. Uh, and then using things like contextual awareness that will allow for real-time authentication. So they're interesting. Etna. So Etna, someone, yeah. someone to check, check out there. Yeah, Brilliant. Sure. ING Direct. And, and your business here in Australia, how much do you have to do with the bank around the world and how much sort of shared learning is there amongst business units kind of across borders? Because I imagine you would get some great insight and you could provide great insight yeah, to the rest of the bank. We, um, we're, we're pretty fortunate in that you know, domestically we're quite a growing bank that's agile and can respond quickly, but we also have the benefit of being part of a pretty significant company uh, globally, uh, which means things like this, which do transcend geographical boundaries, uh, allow us to come together as a collective and, and define a best path forward. Mm. Why do you do what you do and why do you love your role so much at ING? It is, uh, it's amazing to be part of a company in such hyper growth mode with such a you know, legitimate and authentic focus on, on customers uh, and in the digital space. Yeah, good place to be. Well, thank you so much cool. for coming on the podcast. Nice. Next up, Sarah Hollinshead, Group Head of Content at RFI Group, spoke with Cyril Sharon, General Manager, North and Latin America at RFI Group, who shares her insights on key trends across the globe 
how companies can build awareness and drive consumer adoption, which markets are leading and which are lagging when it comes to usage, and the benefits to organizations from biometrics rollout beyond UX and security improvements. Thank you, Siri, for joining us on today's episode of The Global Digital Banker. It is great to be here in Toronto, catching up after the Canadian SME Banking Forum, uh, you know, where biometrics was certainly a topic of interest as new payment uh, methods and customer authentication is becoming increasingly important, especially for those retailers online. So um, we know biometrics is important for businesses, important for banks, important for customers. So can you please start off by sharing an overview of the current state of biometrics globally? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me, uh, Sarah. Uh, the conference is actually really great. And yes, biometric was something mentioned uh, almost all day long. So clearly, biometric is on the rise globally. We've seen it everywhere. It could be mobile devices or in government agencies like voter registration, etc. It's really, really getting almost everywhere. Um, this growth is due to countless of reasons, obviously, but mostly due to the fact that personal identification and security has become more and more important within this digital age. Look at India today, we were talking earlier. To reduce fraud, they are building a biometric database, and it's mandatory, which is clearly a first in the world. But I believe that the doors really opened when Apple brought the Touch ID solution to their to recognize a, a person through fingerprint. Um, and, and today, almost all the top smartphone companies are now producing biometric features to enable mobile phone to meet users' demands. Um, so unlike the use of other forms of authentication, like password, um, biometric recognition provides a strong link between an individual or a company and a claim identity. And financial institutions actually didn't wait long before they see the value of biometrics. Um, something, something I want to share is, according to a study Telesign conducted in 2015, if I'm not mistaken, 73% of adults in the US and the UK use the same password for multiple accounts. More than half use five or fewer passwords across their entire online life. And 47% have not changed their password in five years. So I don't know if you recognize yourself, but I clearly do recognize myself, fortunately. But so in addition of provide a frictionless experience to their customers, financial institutions saw biometrics as an opportunity to provide considerable help to prevent identity fraud, I believe. Yeah, you say you say haven't changed their password in five years. I'm not even going to tell you how long it's been since I've changed my <laughs> sort of standard password. It's it's terrible, really. Um, but you you mentioned the fingerprint with the iPhone being a big game changer. So can you t- talk more about those specific types of biometrics that we're seeing trending in banking at the moment? Um, yeah, sure. We see we see a lot of organization offering fingerprint verification. Um, at the point of logging on mobile and tablet devices. So that, that's pretty clear that almost most of them are offering it. But other banks such as Lloyd in the UK are allowing the customer to use facial recognition to authenticate transactions. I actually just read an article today about uh, Alibaba offering uh, the first car vending machine in China. So you can book it in advance, and then uh, you go and you take a selfie and you can recognize, you know, they use this selfie to recognize who you are to be able to, to take a car on this big vending machine. So 
clearly it's it's going very very fast and it's going everywhere but another bank is citigroup who launched a voice authentication a couple of years ago across asia pacific and now have over i think 1 million customers using this service and Wells Fargo always have been trialing eye scanning technology. So many countries are introducing uh, biometrics and, and some of them also are introducing biometrics ATMs for cash withdrawals and, and other transactions. So in India, in Japan, and I think Brazil, Poland as well, they are some of the countries that are already express interest in this type of ATMs. Looking at payments, even Visa and MasterCard include biometrics technology in their products. So I think it's by April 2019, European MasterCard card holders will be able to identify themselves with biometrics. Um, so when they shop with the card or, or if they also use, you know, uh, to validate remote transaction. Visa also recently announced, it was a couple of maybe a month ago or so, that they are testing on-card biometrics for contactless payments as well. And the last thing that I've been also seeing, I don't know if you realize, but in Mexico, they have this new fintech law, and now there's this new law has been approved to obtain fingerprint biometrics in all the banks in Mexico. So that's just a few examples. It's clearly growing all over the world. Yeah, and that is a lot of examples in in you know a reasonably short amount of time. So it's clear that banks and the the card schemes have, have been quite keen to bring in biometric solutions. I guess it'd be interesting to explore why you think that is. What have been the main drivers to this biometric rollout within the banks and financial services organisations? Yeah, no, sure. Well, that that's a good question because based on our latest uh, study, so the, the latest global digital banking study we conducted among. 10,000 consumers across 10 countries. We've seen that the use of digital channels has significantly increased. And I think it's around 68% of consumers globally stating that they use digital channel at least once a week. Mm. So to give you some perspective, this is up 10% compared to six months ago. Wow. So the race to develop a frictionless digital customer experience and it clearly mainly when onboarding a customers is becoming more and more competitive. And at the same time, consumers are becoming more and more demanding. So you have those two, the 360 view here. Mm. So we see that going to the branch to finalize a banking process because you need to show your ID to prove who you are is just becoming less and less acceptable for consumers, right? And in some cases, it will actually deter them from a product or service completely. So to give you an example, in Canada, 22% of Canadian that started an online application but finished it on offline, dropped out because it was compulsory to use other non-digital channels. So that's clearly something, right? And, and usually one of the main reasons mentioned by the banks for forcing a completion via an offline channel is identity authentication and KYC. So as mobile phone adoption has grown, financial institutions have been under pressure to find digital alternatives to traditional banking methods, clearly. So there's lots of sort of reasons it's really around KYC, but it's also about the customer expectations, um, you know, their banking app meeting the, the same level of experience as some of the other apps out there. Yeah, no, clearly, clearly. Implementing biometrics is such being able to offer a faster, frictionless user experience is very key, but also, you know, it's, it's an opportunity 
for the banks to also save costs, right? So it is clearly a big deal, biometrics. And as I said, it increases your sales, it reduces your costs, but also organization implementing biometrics can significantly, as you said, enhance the overall customer experience, mm. driving higher customer engagement with the bank as it's more convenient. And based on our data, biometrics advocates have a higher satisfaction advocacy and retention score with their main functional institution than the non-biometrics advocates. Mm. As with any new technology, the banks need to be able to really engage their customers, educate their customers, build awareness around the new offerings that they have. So are there any particular markets that are that are standing out ahead of the others in this regard? Yes, yes. We, so based on our data, so we found that 82% of respondents globally are aware of biometrics identification, with fingerprint by far being the most type of biometrics known. Awareness is pretty much the same amongst all countries, right? But when we ask about usage, and it's any form of biometrics to access the bank's digital banking tools, Asian countries are leading the pack by far, while Canada and France are really lagging behind. We also ask if they would be comfortable using voice recognition, for example, to access their online banking. And more than a third said they would be extremely comfortable. Um, as expected, China, India really showing high interest. But surprisingly, Mexico is not far behind them. So I believe all this media advertising has been around Mexico, but biometrics and new technologies is clearly showing up here and really increase the interest. Canada, however, is among the countries that might need a little bit more convincing arguments. When we ask about the mobile banking app feature they will most value if made available to them, fingerprint logging is clearly in the first position. So, But in countries where the feature already exists, the interest in the fingerprint logging is obviously lower, right? But it's clearly a number one feature for Canadians. Also, 6 in 10 Canadians would prefer to use the fingerprint to authenticate a transaction. So a pretty big number. So it's a case of their, their interest is higher because they haven't got it yet. <laughs> and the people yeah. that have it, they're, just, they're over it and they're waking, waiting for the next innovation. <laughs> yeah, they're getting, they're getting there. Now, more and more banks in Canada are offering it, right? So it's not like it doesn't exist. But yeah, it's, it's clearly we can see that. So what would be any concerns or barriers to usage for biometrics from a customer point of view? Because it all sounds, you know, it all sounds extremely positive for the customer, but there must be some barriers to usage. Otherwise, this would have exploded far quicker. Yeah, no, clearly. Well, clearly the opportunities are there. You're absolutely right. There are some barriers, some key barriers. They're always the same. It's always the same that come back all the time, which is security and data privacy concern. When data privacy concern is a big topic today in the media everywhere, mm. but it's it's clearly the thing that is, is coming all the time. That's the thing with biometrics, right? Because as people are more and more concerned about the security than ever, biometric is actually the solution, right, to actually provide the next security level that people need. So it's clearly about education, right? Educating customers on the benefits of biometrics and really reassure them on all the key benefits that it can provide. It's really a key to overcome security and data privacy concerns. Mm. Because I remember when contactless was first a thing, people were concerned that they would just walk around and be, you know, accidentally paying for everything. And it was this Correct. really unsecure um, way of payment. And now, obviously, it's 
pretty much ubiquitous in, in some of the markets where it was it was first introduced. So is it just a matter of time, do you think, with biometrics? Yeah, a matter of time, a matter of education and like slowly showing it's available and, and educating people will maybe increase. Well, it's there with the iPhone, right? The iPhone or any other brand of smartphone. So it's just making it more available to, to people, I think, with different usage. Well, thank you so much, Siri. Some fantastic insights and thanks for joining us on this week's episode. Thank you. As always, we hope you enjoyed the episode this week. To view the show notes from this episode, head to globaldigitalbanker.com. To get in touch with us, check out our Instagram, Global Digital Banker, Twitter at GDB Podcast, or on Facebook under Global Digital Banker Podcast. If you're interested in being a part of the show or would like to let us know what you think of this episode, email us at gdbpodcast at rfigroup.com.